Good morning. I'm John, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for August 2nd. It was on this day in 1998 that ECW presented their Heat Wave 98 pay-per-view. It was the fifth time the Heat Wave title would play host to a Supercard event, and the second time it would be available on pay-per-view in the company's brief foray into that format. So what match stole the show at Heat Wave 98? Hey there, if you're listening to this, then chances are you love wrestling. And if you care to continue the conversation with me, John, and other listeners of this show, then I invite you to join the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. Just search for Daily Wrestling News Show or go to facebook.com slash groups slash wrestling news show and click join. We cannot wait to meet you there. The group is brand new, so if you're one of the first to join, don't be afraid to say hi. Now, on with the show. The card would take place in Dayton, Ohio, in front of approximately 4,400 rabid ECW fans who packed the modest Hara Arena. Festivities would commence with the customary in-ring greeting from Joey Styles, who would introduce his co-host, ECW heavyweight champion of the world, the franchise Shane Douglas. The injured champ was accompanied to the ring as always by the head cheerleader Francine, dressed in a way that would make your mother blush and your father suddenly show interest in professional wrestling. Styles would make a corny joke that led to a tender moment between him and Francine that I won't get into, but if you remember, I'll bet you're smiling right now. The main card would begin with Miss Olympia 1997 winner and Miss Howard Stern pageant contestant Nicole Bass as part of an entourage that led Justin Credible to the ring. He would face Jerry Lynn in an exciting match that brought the crowd to their feet early and was a harbinger of their brutal heavyweight title feud to come. Former ECW tag champs Lance Storm and Chris Candido would face each other in the fallout from losing the tag titles earlier that summer. Candido would surprise the crowd by being accompanied to the ring on this night by his fiancée Tammy Lynn Sitch, just days after she had been released from the WWF. Clearly, this was before the era of the ironclad 90-day no-compete clause. The ECW tag titles would be defended by RVD and Sabu against Japanese legends Hayabusa and Shinzaki, or the Japanese losers, as Bill Alfonso would describe them in his signature over-the-top style earlier in the evening. That match would end the men on loan from the FMW promotion being simultaneously put through a table in a moment that would appear in ECW highlight reels in perpetuity. Taz would defend the FTW Championship in a false Count Anywhere match against Bam Bam Bigelow by choking out the Beast from the East. Retribution for Bam Bam taking the ECW television title from Taz some five months earlier in a match that saw Bam Bam drive Taz through the ring. The main event would feature Tommy Dreamer, The Sandman, and Spike Dudley defeating Bubba Ray, Devon, and Big Dick Dudley in a bloody six-man street fight that would actually get more extreme after the final bell when New Jack came to the ring and, well, did exactly what you would expect New Jack to do. But it's the match that's at dead center in the middle of the card that I would like to give some extra time to. Seeing as this was the dawn of high-speed internet, unless you were a tape trader or dirt sheet subscriber in the U.S., you probably didn't know much about Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka and their well-established history in Japan. ECW crowds had only had a taste of them as tag partners for Justin Credible and Jerry Lynn, respectively, in the weeks leading to this event. 
The crowd was mild at best on this matchup to begin. They started to buy in when Awesome, at 6'7 and 295 pounds, flew over the top rope to hit a tope early in the match. When he slingshotted himself to the top rope, balanced there for a second before springboarding out over the concrete to attack Tanaka in the front row, where he had dumped him moments earlier, the crowd was on board. Then, there was the chair. In today's wrestling, we don't see chairs involved all that much. Even when we have a hardcore match, the vast majority of chair shots are absorbed across the back and shoulders. What Mike Awesome did in the middle stages of this nearly 12-minute match, however, would make a young wrestling fan today, who didn't live through the original ECW era, seek therapy after the show. Awesome delivered two completely unprotected shots to Tanaka's head to start. He would sprinkle in at least two more headshots in between shots across the back with the chair and attempts at his awesome bomb finisher that Tanaka would somehow wriggle out of. By the time Tanaka swung the momentum in his favor and used Awesome's own finisher, a variation on the razor's edge, to dump the giant over the top rope and through a table to the unpadded concrete floor, the chair had a crease in it that had to be seen to be believed. Mind you, none of Awesome's swings with the chair were dodged either. He didn't miss Tanaka and hit the ring post or anything solid like that. The crease in the seat of this chair was 100% the result of contact with Tanaka's seemingly adamantium skull. After Tanaka used a tornado DDT onto two steel chairs to end the match, the crowd was loving this rivalry. Their reactions went from mostly, who are these guys, to what would 100% have garnered a fight forever chant by today's standards. They most definitely wanted more and more they would get. This feud would intensify. It was so well received that it was used to mask the disappointment of Taz being signed away to the WWF and needing to drop the ECW Heavyweight Championship in September of 99. It would peak as they swapped that title a couple of times in the last quarter of 99 and first quarter of 2000. It was so memorable, in fact, that it was deemed worthy of being brought back by WWE for a one-off appearance at the One Night Stand pay-per-view in 2005. That was something Paul Heyman did about as well as any promoter who ever held the almighty pencil. Hide a gem in the middle of an otherwise impressive card as prelude of things to come making us smile in retrospect. But hey, that's just one man's opinion. This has been the Daily Wrestling News Show for August 2nd, 2022. We'll see you tomorrow.